Hi, I'm Jeffrey Downs, Managing Director at Franklin Covey, and I'm excited to be one of the hosts of this new season of Be a Better Leader, where we are talking about a handful of ways that trust changes everything. What about innovation? Can a line be drawn directly from trust to the leading edge of change, adaptation, and creativity? Luckily, to help us understand just how foundational trust is, we're joined by the expert on the topic, the best-selling author of Trust and Inspire and the Speed of Trust, Stephen M.R. Covey. Stephen, thanks for joining me. Hey, Jeff. It's always great to be with you. I'm excited oh, for today. You and I have such great conversations. <laughs> uh, I, wish that they, I wish that people could hear the conversation before we get on the podcast, <laughs> but we got to stick to what we've got right here. So, so let's just start right out of the shoot with big picture, the big picture of innovation. What are the keys an organization needs to achieve innovation and where does trust factor in? Yeah, great. I love this question. In fact, let me even step back a little further and say this, that innovation is so vital today because of all that's happening in the marketplace with the pace of change, the amount of change, the type of change, disruption. If we're not innovating we're going to fall behind and we're not going to stay relevant. And so I call this, you know, the one of the two epic imperatives of our time is the need to collaborate and innovate in order to stay relevant in a changing, disruptive world. Or else mm. we'll fall behind. And so we've got to innovate. Everyone has to. And, and because of the, new, the realities of the, the marketplace and the new yeah. world, that there's change and disruption everywhere. And so... If innovation is so vital, then how do we achieve that? Well, there's a lot of things we need to do, but trust is at the heart and center of it for a whole host of reasons. But I'll just start off with one key reason why. Because this is Robert Porter Lynch. He's an innovation specialist. And he puts it this way. He said, innovation flourishes when there is a collision of differences in an environment of trust. And the greater the contrast in those differences, the greater the potential in the innovation. And so, in other words, innovation is, it, it comes about because differences collide, differences interact, they interplay. And, but if there's distrust when those differences are taking place, that tends to not be creative. That can often be um, hurt, hurtful, harmful, even destructive. But when the differences are colliding, interplaying, interacting in an environment of trust and confidence between players, those differences turn into strengths, into something that is creative, that is, that is constructive, that is synergistic. It's, it's the differences, you know, that's where one plus one equals three or more, synergy. Differences colliding in an environment of trust. And so the key is that culture of trust. And there's overwhelming data I'll cite just one study out of the UK that showed of all the factors correlated to innovation, the number one factor was a culture of trust because mm -hmm. of how when there was trust, people would be willing to take a risk. They'd be willing to be open and share, to learn, and, and uh, you could innovate far better when there was trust. And I'm going to say it's because trust leverages differences. Differences are our strengths when people trust each other, and it's the source of innovation and creativity. But differences can be divisive or suspicious when people don't trust each other. So trust is foundational mm. to the kind of innovation that we need today. 
You know, as you as you were saying that, I was thinking about this whole collision of ideas and this collision of, and if I and if I'm in a low trust environment, then I'm second guessing: Are they really saying what they're saying? Is there is there a hidden agenda there? Isn't that isn't that kind of what happens? Absolutely, you're second. You're, you're wondering: Is there an agenda here? What are they really trying to do? You're also wondering: Is this a good idea? Do they know what they're talking about? Um, you know, are they competent to say this? So you, you, you question both on the character and the competence side, the character yeah. of, is there, what's the agenda here? Is something, some, you know, what's behind the scenes here? What else is going on? The competence is, is, is this idea worthy? Is it, is, yeah. is there merit behind this? Does this person know what they're talking about? You don't value that difference yeah. near as much, yeah. but when there's trust, you take them at face value that their intent is sincere and you do value the difference that they see the world differently, and when those differences, you know, come together, that's where the creativity comes out of that, the synergy, the innovation mm. that can be different in kind, mm. and it, because it enables a collaboration, which is so vital. Yeah. Question for you is, um, you know, so I'm in this meeting, and I'm I'm in a place where there's differences that are being. Uh, discussed and there's collaboration that's happening and hopefully innovation that's happening. How can I, as an individual, put inside of myself that trust? How can I extend that trust? What can I do in that meeting at that moment where maybe maybe there were reasons in the past that I didn't trust, but now, uh, like, I want to give it a shot. How, how can I approach that? Yeah. I'd say first, value the difference. Value the differences. Just choose to say, Rather than I'm right, they're wrong. Oh, you see it differently. I value that. And, and, you, and you seek to understand it. Doesn't mean you necessarily agree with it, but you understand it. You value the differences. You express that. You demonstrate that with the empathy, the understanding. Make sure you're capturing it. Oh, let, let me make sure I understand how you're seeing this. You're, you're thinking if we can do this, this, and this, then mm. we can achieve this, right? Mm. Huh. You know, do I understand that? Then you can bring your piece to it. Oh, I come about it differently. I'm thinking this and that. And then you can try to create together something better. You know, there's not just your way, my way, it's our way. We can create something better, but it ultimately needs to lead so that you value the difference, you understand, but then you want to really lead to, you know, have some type of collaboration. That's the thing about innovation is that innovation is a team sport. And so why trust is so vital? Because trust enables the kind of collaboration that produces innovation. Hmm. It's a give and take. It's two way. It's constructive. It's healthy. And, you know, including valuing differences and, and seeing them differently, but coming together and creating something better. But that's a real creative collaboration, mm-hmm. a high trust collaboration. And I, I like to distinguish between mere coordination, which doesn't require any trust. I mean, people can coordinate. There's no trust there necessary. Nothing wrong with coordination, but you're leaving a lot of value on the table. Your performance is nowhere near your potential. You increase the trust, you might move from coordination to cooperation. You increase the trust even more, you can go from cooperation into collaboration, Hmm. creative collaboration, innovative collaboration, high trust collaboration. So again, trust enables collaboration. Trust leverages differences. I'll give you the big kahuna. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Please trust. do. I'm ready for it. Bring You're it on. The big kahuna? <laughs> yeah. It's because trust encourages calculated risk taking. And we don't innovate if we're not willing to take a risk and even fail. 
Now, it needs to be a calculated risk, right? It, it, you know, you don't want to take a risk that would sink the entire company. It's so great. <laughs> right. But this is the Silicon Valley mantra. Fell fast, fell forward, fell often, but learn faster. We're always learning. And you can't innovate if you're not willing to take a risk and even fail. Mm. As, as Jeff Bezos of Amazon said, failure and innovation are inseparable twins. And we can't innovate if we're not willing to fail. And you and and you fail because you're willing to take a calculated risk. Mm. And here's what the data shows. This is a study from LRN. They showed this. In a high-trust culture, people are 32 times more likely to take a responsible, calculated risk than they are in a low-trust culture. 32 times more likely to take that wow. risk. Wow. And they're 11 times more likely to actually innovate. Because again, innovation flourishes when people are willing to take that risk. They're 32 times more likely to take the risk, 11 times more likely to innovate. Yeah. And so you can see how this is really tied together. In a low trust culture, you just won't take that risk because <laughs> it could be career limiting, if not flat out career ending to take that risk and to fail. You know, And so the, you see failure different, which is failure is good. Failure is healthy as long as you learn and get better. And it's, calc it's, you know, it's, it's within a construct, within a framework. So it doesn't sink the firm. So again, fail fast, but learn faster. And that requires trust for people to be willing to take that risk and fail. Yeah. You know, what, what I hear and, and am inspired by as you talk about this is the whole idea of embracing this idea of trust, embracing growth, embracing improvement. And if you embrace those things, then the failure comes not as a surprise, but as a growth process. And that whole trust is, is like wrapping a great big hug around innovation. And it's just this embracing of it and moving forward as a whole team. Absolutely. You, you nailed it, Jeff. It's a whole paradigm that failure is growth and is progress as long as it's in a culture and environment of trust of what we're trying to do and how we're trying to do it together and how we're trying to collaborate and innovate in order to stay relevant in this changing world. And that includes taking calculated risk and that includes failing. But because there's trust, we, we see this in each other we, and, and, and we're able to, to give that grace, to give that, that, that space for people to take that risk mm -hmm. and to fail and to innovate and to learn and to get better. So you learn better as well because again, learning comes out of this. And then I'll give you one last thing, and that is yeah. that trust creates speed. Because we not only got to innovate, we got to be fast. And <laughs> there's nothing as fast as the speed of trust. And 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 uh, and and you innovate faster when there's trust as well, which you know keeps us ahead of those around us in this changing, disruptive world. Yeah. You know, Stephen, um, you recently spoke, and I was listening and very intently to what you're speaking about, and you had said that. You know, of all of the behaviors of trust, that all significant, all important, one stood out to you that that you talked about, which was extend trust. That that really took me back as far as just thinking about that extend trust. And as we talk about innovation, it seems that extending trust is a critical key component of this. It is. It is the the key because it's in that extension of trust. That you're enabling people, you're enabling people the chance to take that calculated smart risk and even fail as long as they learn. And when they don't feel there's an extension of trust, they won't take that risk. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so not only to create this kind of trust that we need in our teams and organizations, in our culture, in order to have the kind of collaboration and innovation needed today, yes, we have to be trustworthy. And we build that through our credibility and through our behavior, but we also need to be trusting, hmm. willing to give that trust, to extend that trust. And it's not enough to be merely trustworthy and that's for trusting as well, to create mm-hmm. trust. And so extend trust, I think, is the behavior that is different in kind than the other 12 behaviors. There are 13 of these high trust behaviors, <laughs> but the 13th, extend trust, is transformative. It's different in kind. Because the first 12 behaviors, you know, talk straight and uh, talk truthfully and create transparency and and uh, keep commitments, listen first, et cetera, they're all good. They'll make you a better person, a better manager, a better individual, but it's that 13th behavior, extending trust. That is what transforms a manager into a leader. And that is what creates a culture of trust and therefore a potential innovation. Hmm. And so we got to do all of them, but especially be willing to give that trust changes everything. And so I, I just, there's such a correlation and a connection between trust and innovation. It's profound. And just look at it this way, just in a low trust culture, you just, People won't take that risk. Mm-hmm. They won't be willing to fail. They won't learn. They won't move as fast. They won't value the differences as much. And they won't collaborate and partner as much. And you won't innovate. Yeah. But in a high trust culture, you can do all of those things so much better. And there's still other things you got to do. But trust is the environment that makes all these things happen. It truly mm-hmm. is a performance multiplier to innovation. Yeah. As you look, and as I consider innovation and thinking about innovation, and to your point, we have to innovate or we become irrelevant very quickly. The trust ingredient, the trust component, the catalyst, the engine behind it, the, all of that trust really plays into the the team being able to do what they need to do to become who they need to become in order to have that innovation. And so the leader, and this is what I, I really appreciate about when in Trust and Inspire, the leader, you say, goes first. That That's really something that is profoundly important. And I think as we talk about becoming a better leader, it really is taking that first step. True? Absolutely. Someone needs to go first. <laughs> Leaders go first. They're the first to sh- demonstrate that trust. They're the first to give the trust, to extend that trust. They're the first to show the empathy and the understanding. They're the first to show respect. They're the first to value the differences. They're the first to believe in people and others. And and, uh, someone needs to go first. The leader goes first. And that's all of us can do that in our respective realms. So that's, it's exciting. And let me just share two quick illustrations. Yeah, please do. Please do. So so one time we were working with a, a Fortune 50 company, big company in, in, uh, in, uh, technology space. And here was the issue they had. They needed to innovate more. And they kind of analyzed this, that they were falling behind in their innovation. And as they studied it, they realized that the problem was they weren't not very collaborative. And as they were working together, they were kind of in silos. And they studied that further, they came to the conclusion that the bigger issue was that they didn't trust each other. Mm-hmm. So they brought us in to say, look, our problem is innovation, but we recognize the issue really at its core is trust. Now, because we're doing a lot of things to try to innovate, but people don't trust each other. So we came at this from a standpoint of let's start with trust and build this trust on our teams, in our relationships, between teams, in our culture. And as they began to build that trust, 
what that enabled them to do is really to collaborate. They moved from coordination to cooperation to true collaboration, mm-hmm. to creative travel collaboration, high trust collaboration. And as they began to collaborate, they began to take risk and to to um, uh, work together better and and uh, and began to value the differences and they began to innovate. And the net effect was they achieved their outcome that they were seeking. And they began to become very innovative and transform their organization. And they trace it back to saying the key was we started with trust. It wasn't the only thing that they did. They still had to do a lot of other things, but it was the trust that ultimately enabled them to value those differences and the collision of the differences because they created that environment of trust, which created the innovation. Mm-hmm. And the second one is um, I'm thinking of uh, um, uh, uh, analytics company that's in artificial intelligence. You know, So mm-hmm. they're very analytical. And they decided that what they needed to do was because they approached things so logically that they needed to f- focus on extending trust. And, and it wasn't enough to just say it that way when they're so deeply scripted and more of a logical, analytical approach to thing. So they described it as extend extreme trust. <laughs> that became oh, wow. a value of theirs to kind of break the logjam of saying, no, we're not talking about just trusting people. We're talking about be extreme in this, to, to be bold, audacious in extending trust to each other. And as they began to do that, they began to truly value the differences and began to become far more innovative than they had been before. So there's a lot of great illustrations of clients and organizations that have said, look, we need innovation. And there's a lot of things we know what to do on innovation, but the foundation of innovation is this culture of trust. Changes everything. Stephen, Absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for being with us today. That was just, I know it was short, but wow, what powerful things. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you. If you'd like to learn more about establishing trust in your organization, you can download our free guide, Seven Steps to Create an Environment of Trust on Your Teams. You can find the link to it in the show notes or visit franklincovey.com for more information and resources. And until next time, Keep smiling.